Welcome to the Restless Midlifer podcast, helping you get life back on your terms and recapture that spirit of adventure. Hi there and welcome to episode 44, which is a bonus episode and it is with a friend of mine, Chuck Thuss, who is a former professional hockey goaltender and has is currently working with former athletes, retired athletes and current athletes to help them with their mindset, mental health and to, to get more out of themselves in a more positive, self-compassionate way. Now, the one thing I do, it's a great interview, but what I do want to flag up is that we do talk about some of Chuck's um, former experiences, particularly with mental health, challenges around severe mental health and struggling with that and even suicidal thoughts. So I do want to just flag up that if this is an episode that potentially may cause a little bit of emotion or a lot of emotional distress, then please do what's right for yourself. But also please know, as is one of the key messages in this episode, which is a message of hope that you can do something, reach out, reach out to some of the links or the contacts uh, that are in the show notes, reach out to me or Chuck, you'll find contact details there, or reach out to a loved one, a friend, uh, your GP, um, some of the uh, telephone and online support like the Samaritans. Uh, there is a range of resources and support out there and things can and do get better. There is something beyond that kind of hopelessness or sense of despair that can arise in some of us. So I just want to flag that up because this may be an episode that can sort of provoke that thinking. Uh, hopefully it's a hopefully hopeful framed episode and I'm, I'm confident it is but I just want to put that out there for now great interview and uh, I want to thank Chuck uh, for sharing what he shared on with the podcast uh, there we go. welcome to the restless midlifer and in this episode it's another interview and I'm delighted to have with me a recent friend but hopefully a long-term friend uh, Chuck Thus who uh, will get into how we met and what have you in due course um, but do you want to say hi, Chuck, and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Dave. I'm so grateful to be on the Red, uh, the Restless Midlifer. And, and yes, it's been a pleasure to get to know you over a short period of time here as well. So um, a friendship that I'm sure is going to last a long, long time. And I'm very grateful for that. So, um, yeah, I, my, like Dave said, my name is Chuck Thus, and, and I was born and raised in Canada. Uh, now I reside in the United States. Um, and my hockey career brought me here. Uh, I played collegiate hockey at Miami University in Ohio, and, and following that, um, I went on to play eight years of professional hockey, and uh, never went home. I met my wife my freshman year of college, and we settled down and started having children, and, and before you knew it, I became an American citizen, and as they say, the rest is history. So um, it, it's been a great journey to this point, as you'll probably learn as we continue to talk through this. It's it's had its winds, its ups, its downs, its curves, its... Um, Pretty much anything you can you can imagine, and probably some of the things you can't imagine. But um, I'm I'm finally at a place in my life that I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah, cool. And and we'll dig into the story your your story and your journey as well, because that because it's it's fascinating. But we we share a passion really for coaching, don't we? Working with people with um different different but slightly different perspectives, but it's a similar thing in that it's it's people who get to a point in life where they're starting to think, is this it? I think that's the classic coaching question, is this it? And for me, it's about helping answer the question that firstly, no, it's not it. There's a lot more that it could be. How can we, you know, work through that? And for the restless midlife, it's about finding that spirit of adventure. But uh, so you, t- tell us a bit about, more about your focus for coaching and then what brought you to that? Sure. Yeah. And you're right, Dave. We both have such a, a passion for coaching and walking this journey with others because of our experiences. And, and mine, um, like yours, had some ups and downs and some curves. And as I mentioned, 
Um, I was a collegiate and professional hockey player. And during that time, and that was back in the 1990s, um, I was dealing with some things that really at the time nobody ever talked about. And, and many years later, I come to find out that it was anxiety. And, and there was some depression in there as well. But again, nobody in the 1990s talked about that. Um, so I, I played my entire eight-year career getting sick before every hockey game that I played. And everybody just thought that's what happened. And, and that Chuck, you know, that was just part of Chuck being ready to play. And, um, but little did we know that as my, my journey would continue on um, and, and after hockey, this would continue. And it found its way into my personal life. And, and I was working a career. I owned a business. I was selling hockey equipment all over the world. And on three or four different occasions, my heart would just start racing. And I mean, uncontrollably, I was sweating. I was fidgety. And I, I explained this to my wife. She's like, what do you think it is? I'm like, I have no idea. So I go to the doctor. They didn't know what it was. They went and sent me for a stress test each time at the hospital. The hospital people used to laugh at me and tell me to go home because I was in such great shape and there was nothing wrong with me. And it was hard to, to believe because I knew there was something going on. But if the doctors weren't saying it, well, I guess maybe it was just, you know, whatever. I, and I just kind of kept living my life. And um, But that didn't go away. And it just continued to intensify. It began to become an everyday thing. And then it began to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week that I was full of anxiety. And again, I didn't know what it was. Um, I was trying to explain it to my wife on multiple occasions. I said, I'm just very uneasy. I'm not comfortable in my skin. And between wanting to sleep all the time and not get out of bed and not have an ability to get out of bed to really not caring about anything because depression at that point had set in as well. And, and they were kind of walking hand in hand. And, and I was living this lifestyle for months and months and months. And, and Dave, as you and I had shared before, being an elite athlete, we were never brought up to share our emotions. You don't, you keep it bottled up, you deal with it, you push through, you figure it out. You don't cry, you don't, don't tell anybody, just, just battle through it. And so that was my mentality. And I wasn't going to share it with anybody. Everybody thought that Chuck had the world, you know, right in the palm of his hand. I was a, a former collegiate and professional athlete. I was an All-American. Um, I had a beautiful wife, two beautiful kids, thriving business. What more could I want and what could possibly be wrong? And, and while on the outside I had it all, on the inside I was empty. I, I had nothing. Um, and in the fall of 2008, it kind of came to a head. And as I was driving down the interstate, I had made a decision that I wasn't willing to live like this anymore. And um, my foot went down on the pedal and I was going to drive my truck into a guardrail because I was, I was completely done with life as I knew it. And again, I wasn't, I didn't know to call for help. I didn't know who to call for help. I didn't know how to put words to my emotions and what I was feeling. And quite frankly, I felt like the world was going to be a better place without me. Um, Thank goodness, uh, about 100 yards from the guardrail. Um, the only thing I can say is that it was God that, that put his hand on me and, and took my foot off the, guard, uh, off the gas and said, uh-uh, not yet. There, there's more to do. And I sat on the side of the interstate crying and reached into my pocket and grabbed a business card that my mom had given me several years earlier to a lady back home in Canada that I had never met, never talked to ever in my life. And I made a call for help. 
And when she answered the phone, and thank goodness she did, I just said to her, I said, my name is Charles Thus. And I said, you know my mom, but you don't know me. And I don't want to live anymore. And the phone went silent. And, you know, that that uncomfortable silence after you make a statement. And all I could think at that point, Dave, was, oh, my gosh, what have I said? What have I done here? I've opened myself up, which I was so afraid to do. And now the phone goes silent. And she came back in this loving, kind, soft voice and just said, I'm grateful you called and it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm here to tell you that I had no other option but to believe her. And I didn't. Um, But I just said to her, I said, I don't believe you. I said, but I don't have any other um, hope but to follow you and to have belief in you if you have belief in me. And and there started um, about an eight-year journey. And I'm still on that journey, but a a really eight-year intense, intense journey of healing, figuring out who I was why I'm here, what this thing called life is all about. And and as you mentioned a little bit earlier, that there was more to life than I was experiencing. And, and, and it was, it was hard. A lot of days, Dave, it was very hard. Um, There was a a stretch that I was living pretty much hour to hour, even after that incident. Um, The lady's name that saved my life was Sheila. And, and Sheila would say to me, she's like, you know, can you last an hour? Can you wait an hour and call me back. I'd say, I can do that. I would sit at home and cry for the entire hour. And then on the top of the hour, I would call her. We'd talk for 10 or 15 minutes and she'd say, can you call me back at the top of the hour? I would cry for the next hour or 45 minutes. I'd call her back. And this would happen on multiple days. And the intensity of the anxiety and the depression was so heavy and so intense. I really couldn't function on any level as I look back at it. I was trying to be a dad, a husband, a business owner. And I mean, I could barely get out of bed, let alone do any of those other things. So it was a really intense time. Um, I'm grateful for it. I wasn't always grateful for it by any stretch because as you mentioned, it's, it's led me to being able to, to live on purpose and to what I believe do what God has put me here to do. And without all of these experiences that I have, and I still enjoy them today, I say I enjoy them. I don't know if I, if that's the right term or not, but, um, you know, I still have my days. I had a few over this weekend that were not easy, um, but I've changed my, my attitude towards them and I'm, and I'm more grateful for them. And I look for the, for the lesson, for the learning, for the growth in that particular moment, because I believe that I'm going through them because at some point I'm going to have to use that experience. Um, to help others. And it's also a part of me that's healing. It's it's still a journey of healing. And whether it be from something that happened when I was little, when I, whatever it was, there, there's parts of me that still need a lot of attention. Um, and I believe that that's part of what's going on when I have these times. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think there's so much in there. So thank you, first of all, because I think it's important that we do share these stories you know, our experiences and, and, and what have you, so that somebody else out there might think, oh, I'm not the only one, you know, which I think is really important. And j- just as an aside, just for listeners, and I've said this before on the on occasional podcasts is, if you're feeling like in this place, do what's right for you now, 
do the best thing for you. You know, if you're feeling that perhaps triggered or whatever, take care of yourself, but check out the show notes because there will be links and whatever you support. But take that message of hope as well from, from what Chuck was saying, that there is a there is an after, there is a through a way through this. And it can be messy. It can sometimes feel like it gets worse before it gets better, but it's important to to move through that. And there is hope. There is a way through that. So, you know, don't go it alone is, is, is the key part. And there is, as you said, way back when the nobody talked about it, there is a lot more openness about this. So please don't suffer in, you know, in silence. Know that you're, you know, there is there are people out there who've experienced it and, you know, there is hope. So and, and I think, Dave, as you say that, I want to make sure that I share that as well. That I, I was somebody that felt like I was the only one that I was the only guy going through this. Nobody else knew ex- what I was dealing with. Nobody knew. And and it's sort of, and this is not anything against the hospitals or the doctors or anything, because they did their best at that time as well. But they didn't see a lot of this mental illness, mental health stuff coming into their offices back then. They, so, you know, they were kind of confirming to me that we don't know what this is. So, you know, I don't know what to do with it. But just continue down the journey, continue to talk to people, continue to be open. And even if it's as simple as saying, I just don't feel like myself, somebody's going to be able to open a door to help you. You are not alone. There are people going through this every single day and people that are waiting to walk this journey with you and hold your hand through the good times and through the tough times, but you don't have to do it alone. You're, you're hundred percent right, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, I think there's a couple of things that you've said there and and before is that nobody knew, you know, you thought you were the only one. You didn't know what it was. And I think this is a really important part of this is that not only because I, I resonated with that so much from from a period in my life within the police, you know, where I was I was just feeling this. I, I describe it now as a clamp down the side of my face and neck down to the side of my body. And I never thought it was anxiety. I never, you know that was not what I described it as. It was just this appalling feeling, you know, and, and I felt pathetic and weak and what have you for even having it. And so to talk about it, I mean, that just wasn't, you know, you just didn't do it type of thing. So it's firstly knowing that it isn't just, that it is a thing. It's anxiety. It's a, you know, it's an experience. It's a genuine, it's a condition. It might, you know, the reasons for it. That's useful to know. And also that you're not the only one. It's just so important, isn't it? It, it really is. And and to know that it's okay to feel how you're feeling because you, you and I felt with the way you explain that, it, it just, you hit me right in the heart with it that, you know, you felt weak and you felt like you weren't enough. And, mm-hmm. and, and I felt the exact same way. And, and yet for us to share this and for us to ask for help shows that you are so much stronger than you could ever imagine because it takes tremendous strength. And it takes tremendous strength to work through this. And and the great thing that people maybe don't realize is that that inner strength that they need is that it's within them. They have what it takes to get through it. They really, you may not feel like it in the moment, but just continue to put one foot in front of the other Mm. and you will find the strength when you need it. I promise you, it will be there because you have it. Mm. That's it. when you talk about strength. I think you often feel like you're the weakest thing and pathetic and, and those things. But I often say, you know, 
you're the, probably the strongest person in the world. You know, you, you've coped with an incredible amount for an incredibly long time. That's strength, isn't it? It's just strength that's directed at something that we feel as if we have to carry, you know, and at that time you are carrying. That strength is what you then use to redirect into healing and, and that process. And it's not easy, you know, we, you know, we're not trying to minimise that, but you are strong, you know? Yes, and 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 I think as a human race, we are so much stronger and so much more uh, courageous and durable and, and all of these words than we give ourselves credit for. And, you know, we think, oh, I just can't do this. You can do it and it's worth it. it uh, the best decision I have made in my life was to pull my truck over that day and call for help because I look now at what I would have missed, and this is selfish, but what I would have missed but not only that, what my family would have missed and maybe what the world would have missed. And I'm not saying that I'm any better, but we all have a gift to the world and, and we all play a very important role in, in the world. And we may not feel like it every day, but we do. And, and when we bring our uniqueness, like you're bringing, like I'm bringing and, and, and the guys that we've been in, in our class with, when everybody or, or your, your listener, the one that's listening right now, you have that uniqueness too. And it's important to the world. The world needs it. And, and when we realize that and when we step into that and we're willing to shine that and live that, the world's a better place. And, and we may not always feel like that, but the people around you would be the confirmation that, that that's truly the case. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think you're right. There's 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 so much of a, a gloss or a you know the social media presentation of how life should be, etc. And actually, it's that uniqueness you know that we all bring. That's what brings the richness to a relationship, to life, to family, to whatever work we do or choose to do, or you know if we want to shift into something else. But I think it's it, it's it's tapping into that um, that strength and that uniqueness is really important. Yeah, it is, and and I think you know kind of tying it into the name of your podcast, The Restless Midlifer. I, I think that there's a lot of people, you know, from maybe the age of 30 to 55, that they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to understand it. Like you said, is this it? <laughs> I was that guy. I'm like, really? Uh, I'm going to live like this for the rest of my time here? And I, I was like, no chance. I, I, there's, there's got to be more to this than what I'm experiencing right now, living with anxiety, living with depression, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, and just basically being miserable. And, and I think that there's a lot of people in that. And you mentioned the social media. You know, it's easy to flip through Instagram or Facebook and see everybody smiling and, you know, doing fun things. And, and then when you, when you pull that cover down or you take that mask off, you see that they're dealing with the same things that, that I am or that you are. That, that it's life. It's we're dealing with certain aspects of life and it doesn't make it bad. It, it can, it can really be good if you'll, if you'll embrace those, those lessons and try to look for the lessons and maybe even look for the golden or the silver lining around, around the issue and say, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And, and when you're in it, it's not always easy, but when you look back at it, boy, it um, it's well worth it to push through it. Yeah. I can't remember who said it now. Um, I might be getting completely wrong, but 
was it the lead singer of Metallica who said, I probably got the completely misattributed, but he said something like when you, you know, life makes no sense at the time until you look back and then you can see the narrative and the story arc or whatever, you know. And I think that that's so true when we look back. And I think this is the thing. We have an opportunity, you know, in the work we do, the podcast, but we all have this opportunity to be more open about this, to know that you're not the only one, that actually you're stronger than you think. And there is hope. The answer to is this it question is yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. So there is no, sorry, the answer to is this question is no. Sorry, um, just bear with me because my phone, my cameras. <coughs> bear with me. Sorry, I'll, I'll cut that bit for some Yeah, no problem. Because, uh, the phone's just gone on my phone. I'm using my cameras. My phone as a camera. Yeah, so yeah. the answer to the is this a question is no, there's more. But we sometimes have, you know, we have to work through that. And that can be on a scale, a range, you know, from somebody who is just unhappy in their work, finding themselves a bit trapped or in a rut, through to somebody who's really struggling, you know. And, and I think it's important to know that that's okay. It's, it's a range. Nobody has a monopoly on a particular story. We're all very unique. And I guess that's where it comes to, the work that you do, the work that, that that I do, what 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 has that brought you to in terms of the work you do, and how do you support and help? Those yes, people? and thank you for asking that because as you talk through that, I can I can hear myself for many many years of my life asking why me, why am I going through this? What what is the purpose of all of this? What I call pain. What, what is the purpose of all of this darkness? What is the purpose? Why am I doing this? You know, why me? Why me? And, and for a long time, Dave, I didn't have any answers. The, and I would ask God every day, if not more than one time a day, God, why me? What does this mean? And, and finally, I say finally, like, <laughs> like it was on my terms, um, but I, I received my answer. And, and that's what's led me into the coaching. And and, and the answer that I received was, is this is part of the purpose that I have you here for. You had to live this. You had to understand this firsthand so that you can now work with these elite athletes that are coming up behind you that are going to deal with this on an, even a larger scale than you did. But you can talk their talk. You've walked the walk. But if you didn't do that, you couldn't do what I've got you here to do. And, and now working with the elite athletes all over the world, it's really amazing. And because they're dealing with the things that I dealt with when I was a player, they 100% feel like they're alone. They 100% want to be the best version of themselves. They want to be better. They want to show up everywhere they go, but they just don't know how to do it. And because of my journey and the journey that I'm still on, I'm able to hold their hand, walk that journey with them and allow them to, to get over that chasm, get over that hump that they don't know how to get over or that get them to that place where they want to go. And then we can go as far as they want to go. That's up to them. But we get them to a place that A, they never thought they could go to start out with. And then we sit down and we dig in. Do you want to go further? Do you want to be even a, you know, a better person, a different person, a better athlete? What, what do you want from this? And once they get clear on that, then the paved road is ahead. And then we just we go after it. But I, I so, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do this with them because, uh, you know, I had two coaching calls last night and, and both of the guys that I spoke with were, were going through similar things. And by the end of the call, they, I think I spoke to both for about 45 minutes. And by the end of the call, I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts. W what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And both of them 
were just so grateful to have somebody walking this journey with them because they felt alone. Hmm. They, and, and even here, here we are, I was doing it in the 1990s and, and these young fellows are doing it in 2022. Even all over all those years, you'd think that, that that would change, that they would understand, but it's, it's slow going and they still feel like they're the only one. They just, they're unsure who they can talk to, but when they come and talk to me because I've walked through it, I can share my experience and they're like, Hmm, this guy, Chuck, he does know yeah. what I'm feeling. Um, and it's, and it's, it makes all of that I've gone through all that I continue to work through. It makes it so worth it to be able to just lend a hand to help those, those, these young guys and girls out. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you, you obviously because of your experience with, as a, <clears throat> as a professional athlete, um, elite athlete and, is that why you work with that particular, you know, with other elite athletes because you, because you can connect and, and what have you there? It, it really is. And, and the first thing that I like to do is, and is, is make a heart connection because I, because of what we're talking about, because of what some of the things that we're dealing with and I've been in that locker room, I understand it. And I understand how most elite athletes are very close. They don't want to let anybody in. They don't want to show any emotion. They don't want to show any connection. But the first thing that I like to do is be vulnerable and share what I've been through, share the things that I've done. And so that they understand that I can speak their language and that they can trust me. And because with athletes, that is a big thing is they want to be able to trust who they're talking to. And um, when we make that heart connection, I think that it sets, sets everybody up for success and growth, including me, because they don't realize how much they're giving me through these conversations. And while it's not about me, I just happen to be the one that receives a whole bunch from them too. And they, they don't even know it. it. It's, it's quite magical. Yeah. Like a reminder to join the fledgling restless midlifer community and to receive early access to the discounted Readventure program Academy and to sign up to the free regular updates, tips, tools, and strategies to help you regroup, reshape and redesign your own midlife adventure. Head over to the restless yeah and you know when, when you talk about the athletes being very closed uh, I, I mean just from my outside perspective of somebody who's a who is at that level of athlete in whatever um game or sport it seems to me that you, you've got to have a certain mindset to have got you to where you've got do you know what i mean in terms of so closeness i guess is that because you you've got to be that strong so what is it about the the that brings them to where they're at that perhaps might also be part of the, the challenge that they've got. Is that right? Or are, are... Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's very much a mentality of put your head down and just keep working. Don't, don't show your emotions. Don't share everybody what you're doing. Just keep it to yourself. If anything's going wrong, just keep it to yourself, work through it. And, and that's really, and work harder, work harder, work harder. But you and I both know that hard work can get you to a point and being closed off can get you to a point as long, you know, because you see it in every career. It doesn't matter what, what people are doing. They, they kind of stay in their lane. And they just work harder. But we also know that you can take that level of success to a whole nother level when you open up, when you let some other people in, and when you start to do some other things other than just working hard. Because physically, you can only do so much. Then it's it's starting to you know, really enact that empower and empower yourself and empower the greatness that we have within us. 
and dig into some of those places that most people have never dug into or touched because they think, well, this is as good as I can be. All right, I'll just deal with that. But there's so much more to the human spirit. There's so much more to human potential. And, and because of my journey, I'm able to tap into that with guys and they can realize a life and a, and a level of success that they never knew was possible. And it, it's, I love watching it because, and then getting a phone call and saying, hey, you know, this just happened. And the excitement in their voice really lights me up and they just have no idea how much. And that's, that's part of the magic as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, I think it's a book title and I co- the author excuse me, but there's a title of what got you here won't get you there. And it's this, this, and I think this is a, this is a challenge for many of us when we get to a particular point in life. This is, I guess this is the essence of the restless midlife is that we get to a point in life and we might have followed somebody else's blueprint or success map or whatever, you know, whether it's parents, you know, our environment, whatever it is. But we've done it using a collection of learned, you know, our talents, our learned abilities. And we we probably hone down on the things, these work, these get me there. And then you get to a point in life, you think, the is this it question. But what do we do? And, and, and this is what I'm interested in with the, the athletes as well. It's because I think t- often what we'll do is we'll double down on what's worked so far. Because if I just do that, then, then you know, I, I'll get to where I want to be. But it takes a different set. So do you find, I mean, is that true in terms of athletes? And do you find certain resistance in the sense of it's hard to let go of those things? It, it can be. until and, and the one thing that I do, Dave, to help me combat that a little bit is say, are you open to some other ways of taking your life and your career to another level that maybe you hadn't realized was available to you. And when you word it in such a way, their curiosity, I think, gets them. A little, yeah. Some guys will say, well, you know, I, I like what I'm doing. Okay. So that's, we're not quite there yet. And that's totally fine. But for those other guys that have that level of curiosity, well, I can elevate my life and my career and my relationships and all of this stuff to a level, another level. And I'd be like, you can. And once we start to talk through some of it and I said, you know, if any of this, if you don't understand it, just ask because there's, I I can explain it in greater detail or whatever we need to do. And when you share with them the meaning behind some of the things that we're doing, they really do understand it. it. They may not have heard it before, but they understand it and they're willing to give it a try and they're open to it. And then all of a sudden, once they have a little bit of success with it, then they want more. It's like, there's, there's got to be more to this. Can you, can you feed me more? I want more. And, and so then we really, really dig in deep um, if that's what they decide to do. And we, um, then we bring them to, to levels that I think and that they never thought were possible at all. Like, um, and it's so fun to watch them uh, achieve those levels because it's, it's new ground. It's new success. And then we and then we put in some things that are going to be sustainable to allow that success to be sustainable because you know we've all seen the flash in the pan. Somebody comes in, they're successful for six or eight months, and then you never hear from them again. But um, but we we put some things in place that make sure that that success is sustainable. Yeah, and we'll dig in a little bit there. One of the things that strikes me is that I often have this metaphor in my head of when I was, you know, in, in that, on that the grind was it's almost felt like I was driving with the brakes on and I was full pelt, you know, foot right down on the accelerator. But at the same time, my brakes were on and that was the resistance, the anxiety, the fear and the who are you to think you can. And when we're talking about another level, 
it, it for me it was as much about although the, you know it's learning and development it was as much about learning to be compassionate with a bit easier and ease off the brake and then I'll be able to drive a bit better you know I could learn the corner ease off the accelerator you know and, and that's the same so that inner resistance is that part of it because you know when you talk about anxiety for me a lot of that is about when I stopped fighting it I felt the brake come off you know it was just a bit easier it, it, it sure is. And that is that is a dynamite point by you that because once we are given permission that it's okay to feel how we're feeling, it's okay. And we embrace, we accept how we're feeling. We accept where we are because the more you fight something, the bigger it gets. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that in the world today. The more things, the more things that have resistance, the bigger they get. And it's no different within us. And, and like you, like me, we were both pushing against the anxiety. What is this? I wish it would just go away. And instead of going away, it got bigger. And then once I understood what it was, I accepted what it was. Then all of a sudden I could start to process it. I could start and my foot came off the, the brake. Yeah. And not that it was great, but I started to accept and that it was okay. Yeah. And it's, and, and my feelings of how I were feeling were legitimized. And, and they, and it was, I was told Chuck, it's okay to feel like this. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you broken. It doesn't make you a bad person because that's all the things that I was thinking, yeah. right? What's wrong with me? Gosh, I'm the only guy dealing with this. You know, I'm broken in some way, shape or form. And once I realized that none of that was true, the gas pedal went down even harder. The brake came up and I was able to proceed forward in a much more productive manner. And, and I do the same thing with my athletes today is once they understand that how they're feeling is perfectly fine, it doesn't make there's anything wrong with them, that light bulb moment is like, wow, okay, I thought I was broken. I thought I was the only guy. And now you're telling me this is okay. And I'm a great person just as I am. So let, let's do this. Yes, let's. And, and away it goes. It's, it's a really, it's a fantastic moment in their growth when they realize that all of that is just okay. Yeah. So if we, I mean, that, that's a big part of it, isn't it? That, un, that understanding you're not the only one and that what you're feeling is, is it's okay and, and that self-compassion. So then where, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of some of the listeners who may resonate with this and be thinking, you know, maybe, you know, they need to tap in some professional support, et cetera, or maybe they're in that place where they are just being a bit hard on themselves, they're driving themselves. And part, part of that feeling unfulfilled, feeling, like no headspace to think about what they'd like is because they're filled with that that driving and that harshness on themselves. So that's potentially a first step. But if we were talking about somebody who was just thinking, right, what are the next steps? What, what are the particular sort of techniques or self-coaching approaches or, or coaching approaches that they could potentially start to think about applying themselves, you know? And, and I don't want to oversimplify it, obviously, in terms of diminish the, the power of these things, because there is a power between coaching and, you know, the person you work with. But Absolutely. I also think, you know, to get somebody on that journey, what are the starting points? I think probably the biggest thing is to realize that maybe you can't do this alone. And that's okay. Because there's great power in that moment when you realize that you can't do it alone. And, and I often say, and I firmly believe this as part of my journey as well, is the world was set up for us to help and support each other. If we were supposed to do this alone, it would be set up a whole lot different. Yeah, but, but we're not supposed to do it alone. We think we are, but once you reach your hand out 
there's going to be a whole bunch of hands reaching back out for yours. I promise you. And that is a big starting point is realizing that you can't do it alone. Making that phone call. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And, and sometimes you may not think that you can put words to it. Just start talking. Just because as soon as you start talking, you're going you're gonna to get there. And it's going to be a process. And whether it's, it's Dave or Chuck or whoever it is, we're going to get there with you and we're going to start to see where you are and start. And then maybe we'll interject a few questions and you'll be like, yes. And you'll start to explain that a little bit. And all of a sudden, after just a few minutes, you're going to start to feel lighter because you're getting it off your chest. You're going to start to feel like you're in this with somebody else, that there is somebody that understands that somebody cares and they do. But that for me, those are the two huge starting points is acknowledging and then start communicating. Because once you do, that opens up a world of possibilities and a world of hope, as you mentioned earlier. And when we have hope, we can continue forward. But as soon, when that hope is gone, uh, that's when the darkness really sets in. And that's what I experienced back in 2008 because there was no hope. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, when you say the world's set up, that's that, that, is more true than perhaps you know initially at first glance you think because it's physically as physiologically we've we are creatures who have we've evolved to work and commune and be in community and be together because and if you think about it, in that primitive sense you know I often say don't, I mean don't dwell on the image of me as caveman Dave but if I was caveman Dave part part of me is about survival but when I'm with a community we can share the burden of surveillance and, and looking out for things, looking for opportunities together, but separate me out. Suddenly it's all on me to survive. And that's when anxiety levels stress. It's an abs- it's a physiological response that's wired to that dive, isn't it? That, you know, so it's no wonder we get physical responses in, you know, in terms of anxiety. It's no wonder. And, and that power of just having a conversation is harder. And I often say, cause this is something I've wrestled with actually um, over the years. And, and, Without overgeneralizing that, you know, I think some, you know, when it comes to blokes, men, there is a difference in the way we articulate emotions. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all different, but I think there's a, a thing of, you know, if I'm, how do I, how do I say I'm struggling? How do I talk? Because I don't know what, you know, I just feel angry or I feel, you know, it's, it's almost sort of a, a lesser language that we have. But even so, it's like, how do we do that? And and part of me is, as you just said, it's just start. It doesn't matter even if you think if you don't know what you're going to say or it sounds rubbish or you just think it's going to come out shit, you know, whatever. Just say something. You know? Yeah, because I remember when I first started talking to Sheila, I was talking in circles. I'm quite certain, and and she just let me talk. She's like, just talk, just just share, and and I was all over the map. I was sharing things that I don't think made any lick of sense. But at some point, it starts to come together and it starts to paint a picture. It starts to make sense to the person that's listening to you. may not make a lick of sense to you as you're doing it, but that's okay. You're getting it out. You're getting that confusion out of you. And the person that you're sharing it with is starting to siphon through and starting to understand where you are. And it makes that that conversation and the ones that follow so incredibly valuable. And you may think when you walk away from the first conversation with with you or myself, being like, I, I don't know what I just said to Chuck, or I don't know what I said to Dave, and I don't know, they're going to think I'm like way out in left field. But those conversations are truly magical because they start they start you down that that journey of understanding what those emotions are, 
what you're feeling and getting it out so that you can start to deal with it instead of keeping it in and recycling it. Because we do that so well, especially as men, just like you say, we, we bottle things up so well, we, we're experts at it. And then we beat it up and we throw it around and we toss it, we throw it in the blender, we eat it up and we beat it up some more. And, and before you know it, the monster that was, you know, maybe the, the size of a pin when it started is now this huge monster inside of us because we didn't deal with it. We yeah. didn't get it out. We didn't share with it. We didn't have somebody to say, hey, that's okay. That's okay. No worries. Well, we can work through that. Because once that happens, then those conversations can really take some form and really, really become and have some deep meaning to them. And that's, again, when, when some of the magic happens. Yeah. And I think this is, this is important to keep sort of stressing that, is that you, when it's inside, you don't hear it with these things, the, the ears on the sides of our heads. When it comes out, you have that ability, even if it isn't, it's incoherent. I, I, I often joke when, um, even in business, you know, so there's a our group, but there's a smaller group that I'm part of as well outside of this, where sometimes I go and I'm saying it for the first time out loud. This is what I'm thinking about. And it make, it feels like incoherent garbage. <laughs> to a point, it is. Yeah. But the process of just letting it out and that ability just for somebody to listen and just ask a couple of questions, and you, you almost self-organize, although you do need support sometimes, you know, but that self-organize means that you're hearing with these two things out here, the ears, you know, they're very powerful things, you know, if, if we allow them to be. Yes. Um, and then because it's outside, we can get a bit of perspective and whatever. And I think that's really important. And this is, this is the real challenge because I never, I was, I was the, the, the epitome of the swan, you know, gracefully gliding along, but the legs are going like that. It was all happening inside. And, to think about the feeling that that was, I never want to go back there. And don't get me wrong, have my you know moments, but I don't yeah. fight it now. I think that's a, a key part. So yeah, and it's interesting to hear you say that because um, you know for many many years my parents had no idea what I was going through. I didn't share it with them. I didn't share it with anybody. The only one that knew was my wife, and then the only, then the second person that knew was Sheila, and she was the lady that I called the day on the side of the interstate that she saved my life and. Um, my wife would often say, what are you feeling? I said, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Uh, you know, and she'd be like, well, I don't know what it is either. And she would just give me a hug and that hug made, it, it made me feel safe and it made me, and, and then I would start to just, I feel this, I'm feeling this. And she says, I don't know what that means. She says, but just know it's going to be okay. And, and eventually I was able to share it with Sheila and she was able to help me through it. And, and my point in all of that is, there's somebody out there that understands. Mm. There's somebody that, that, like you said, is going to use their two ears to listen and help you through it. And, and they're going to walk that journey with you. And, and you don't have to do it alone. Um, and, and I think, you know, especially when you come to midlife, I just turned 50. And, and people are like, how do you feel? Now, if I look, you know, back where I was 8, 10, 12 years ago, I'd have been, oh, my gosh, my, my life is like coming to an end. It's, you know, I'm halfway up the mountain, all, all these different terms, because I used to think 50 was old. Mm -hmm. And now for me, it's just really, it's just a number. Mm -hmm. And, and it's because I have people that have walked this journey with me that I can share my heart with, I can share my days with, and that I understand what, to a degree, what this whole game of life is all about, why I'm here. And, and there's so much power in gaining that clarity of that there's more. It, it doesn't have to just be this, that there's so much more to this world and there's so much more to this life for us. Um, 
and, and I would encourage anybody that's listening that's in that position to, to reach out. Reach out to Dave. He'll help you figure that out. He'll help you understand that where you are is okay. And he'll help you to understand that behind that curtain is a whole nother life you never thought was even possible. And, and, and that's something that I firmly believe is very tough to do alone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I never want to say it's impossible because oh, no. so many things in life are, they're possible, but boy, that, that's a tough one. Um, and there's people that can do it with you. And it becomes more fun, actually, when you involve other people as well. And that's something, you know, and I think this this episode, if nothing else, well, there's loads in here, but it, it, the core of it is that it you can and it, it can be different. And if you're feeling like that, that, it's that message you hope. I still catch myself now sometimes going, I am so much happier, you know? It's not a ha- I'm not blissfully happy every moment of every day, but I genuinely look back and sometimes I'm surprised, even though I know what I know, that... I don't have that weight pressing down on me. And to think about the difference in that, it was a journey. And I bimbled around that without really having some of the support that's out there, you know, and and being closed off. You can accelerate that journey with the right support and being more open, et cetera. So it's just that message of hope, I think, really, as much as anything, that, you know, you can feel different. You know, it's that athlete who there's a point where they might have achieved whatever they've achieved, and yet, if they're still feeling the way they are, you can feel different. It can feel different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like this. And, and one of my favorite sayings when, when people are in that position is this too shall pass. Yeah. But sometimes it takes someone, it takes a little bit more, it takes some insight, it t- and it takes some work. It's not, there's no magic wand of life that somebody's just a Dave or a Chuck or, or anybody aren't just going to come along and ding. Your life is perfect and now you're blissfully happy and you're, you found out the meaning of life and you found out your purpose and away you go down the golden path. No, it takes work. But I'm here to share with you as well that every bit of it is worth it. Right. That, that there, and, and I think you're a perfect example of that as well, is that we've had to put in work, but it's worth it. And to find what your true purpose is in life, whether it be for work, whether it be for family, Whatever it might be, because there's multi thing, multiple purposes that we're here for. But when you find that purpose of life and you find that meaning of life for you, and nobody else can tell you what your meaning is and why you're here. That's, that is something that you know on a completely different level. But when you realize that, boy, that, that's, that's powerful. And it's, it's really that moment in life when that people talk about aha moments. That's a big aha moment. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a uh, what sprung to mind there was this the, the idea that actually there is a joy in the work, the work of simply whether it's working on a little problem, you know, like what how do I change that light bulb? <laughs> Over minimizing it, but you know, it's those it's the challenge of the work that is the the joy. It, you know, once we start to do that, because you see. That isn't just the destination and where you go and and all of that. It's actually here. And I know it can be a cliche, the journey and the, not the destination, but there's something in that, isn't there? That that if you find that in the work itself, whether it's working on yourself or working on a refurb in a car, for example, you know, whatever, that there is just a wonderful joy in that if if we can move through that. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I often say too that in the journey of life, we never really get there. Hmm. Because wherever there is, 
when we get to that point, we're going to see more and we're going to want more and we're going to desire more. So you continue down the journey again. And, and I think, Dave, to your point that that's, that's really where the magic is and the joy is. Because once you get a little taste of that, and once you see that through a little bit of work, you can make a little bit of difference and, and maybe through a lot of work, you can make a big difference in yourself or in the world, um, you become hungry for that. You want more. And, and then you're like, hey, I've come this far. I want to keep going. Let's keep, because this is, this is good. Like I want, I want more of this. What, what more is possible for me? What else is out there? And, and then you start to attack life with that passion and that, you know, that curiosity and that love and that desire for more. And, and once you get to that place and, and for me, I didn't know that I could be in that place until I made that phone call for help. And again, referring back to, you know, it wasn't designed for us to do this alone, but once you get that, boy, it's um, that 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 brings a whole different meaning to life, yeah. and and a whole different meaning to the sun's going to shine tomorrow, and and whatever else you want to say, but yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah, and I, and, and you know the way you were describing that it, for me speaks of the re- the essence of the restlessness. It's not an it's not a negative. It's that that restless spirit. We have that spirit of adventure, that spirit of whatever curiosity. You know, th- th- this is a this is a good thing. And often, you know, perhaps that the challenges in the past where we've shut it down, we've closed it off in order to comply, form a p- particular path in life. That perhaps a natural consequence of that is this depression and anxiety, or the you know the resistance. Now, I'm not trying to minimize it, but I think. There is there is something about that restlessness, which is about rediscovering that, and that's when we can start to shed a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we suppress all those emotions, that it, like you said, it just amplifies them. Yeah. It really does. And and we think, oh, that's not for me. That's not for me. And yet we're having those those desires and those emotions because that's coming from. That's a nudge to say, hey, there's more. Hey, there's more. Hey, yoo-hoo, There's there's more out there. You can go, you can have this too, but when we suppress them, it really amplifies them instead of opening ourselves up to what could be because it, it feels dangerous or it feels unsafe, but yet it's some of the most glorifying and safe things that we can do because we're actually realizing our, our fullest and true potential of why we're here. And, and that, and the, the thing that I often like to share with people because they don't necessarily see it is the world's waiting for you. The world is waiting. The world needs what you have. The world needs more of what you give and more of what you bring to the table every day. So we're waiting. We're waiting for you to show up. We're waiting for you to be your authentic self. And and I think that's what the world was waiting for me. The world was waiting for you. And and we were brave and we took those steps. And and are we there? I don't think, like I said, I don't think we're ever there, but we are a better version of ourselves today than we were a number of years ago. And, and I'm still working every day to show up as my authentic self, to be comfortable with who I am, to shine my light and, and, and to live on purpose. And I think that I'm not the only one that's doing that. It's, it's everybody that walks the face of this earth has that challenge every day of being their authentic self because of, especially now in this world of social media, because they see everybody living the glorious life. Everybody's, you know, they're traveling, they're showing this, they're doing this, everybody's happy. And they think that that's not me. But when we stop comparing ourselves and we understand that we are one in 8 billion 
and there's nobody else like me, then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, okay. Then it's safe to be me because there's really no comparison. Because if I were to compare myself to Dave, as much as we may have in common, which we do, we have a lot in common. We're still completely different souls. We're completely different individuals. And for us to compare ourselves with each other isn't fair to either one of us. And I think once people can drop that comparison and realize that the only one you're comparing yourself to is yourself, because that's, it's only you, that's it. There's nobody else like you. Um, It allows you then to move forward with that confidence, with that faith and with that trust that just, you continue to put one foot in front of the other and, and then go explore because there's a whole lot more to life than meets the eye. Yeah. I love that. It's probably a great way to finish because that's, that's the call to action, isn't it? Go explore. You're right. Um, thank you, uh, Chuck. It's been I love the conversation. We could probably go on for a lot, you know, exploring this. But um, I'll put some links in show notes to where they can get a hold of you. But um, anything you want to give a shout out to, or how people can get a hold of you um, in the meantime, and uh, share that with the audience. Sure. You you can check my website at thecompassionateconnection.com. Um, you know, you're more than welcome. You can reach out, please. If there's anything that I can do, I stand ready. And, and I would encourage you that if this has, has resonated, reach out to Dave, reach out to myself, reach out to somebody mm-hmm. because there's more to life. And, and we're here for such a short time. It's, it's really a blip on the radar for the amount of time that we're here. And, but there's people out there that are going to help you and they want to help you to live and be your authentic self and to live the most of this because at the end of it, when we're all laying on the bed, we're all going to exit this place with the same amount of stuff, it, uh, probably a suit, a dress, whatever it might be, but we're not taking any of the stuff with us. But let's, let's, you know, let's maximize the time that we're here. Make the world a better place than we found it when we leave it. And, and we all have the ability to do that. We're all in this together. So just reach out to Dave, reach out to myself. We're happy to help you however we can. And I said it better myself, Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you and uh, for the listeners, I hope that's been a, a, a really valuable, inspirational episode and hopeful for those of you where it might have just, you know, it might have reached that particular point if it's hit you at a particular time. Um, check out show notes for all links and uh, I'll catch you in the next episode. But thank you for listening. Thank you, Chuck, for a great, uh, great, in- well, great conversation. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you as well, Dave. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. You will find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at restlessmidlifer.com. And why not spread the word? If you know a fellow Restless Midlifer, share the show and the links. And if you haven't already, subscribe to it in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing, if you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting restlessmidlifer.com forward slash review. It would mean a lot. And I may even give you a shout out in return. And a quick final thanks to my production assistant, Karen North of North VA, and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers. Check out musicformakers.com. Take care for now. And don't forget, you really can live a less stressful, much healthier and more meaningful midlife. Gory Adventure.